few thoughts today, starting with the top 10 and how it's going to shake out. Tony Pauline said on Pro Football Network this week that he thinks the top four pass rushers, Trevon Walker, Aidan Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson, could make up four of the top five picks. Maybe they'll even be the first four off the board. It's not surprising given that Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston and the New York Jets all need a pass rusher. Assuming that Evan Neal and Ikea Kwanu then go off the board as well, and let's say Source Gardner makes up the top seven, it leaves the Falcons and the Seahawks in a very interesting situation. The Falcons then could pivot to receiver, given the top pass rushes are gone. They need a weapon for Marcus Mariota, given Calvin Ridley's suspension and the fact they traded away Julio Jones a year ago. So this could be where Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State, goes. What then for the Seahawks? Well, they could take an offensive lineman. A lot of people think Charles Cross would be a good option here. I personally don't see any chance of the Seahawks taking uh, an air raid left tackle who jumped 26-inch vertical and has poor or average agility testing in the top 10, but a lot of people think they will. I think if they were going to take an offensive lineman in this spot, it would be much more likely to be Trevor Penning, but I don't think they'll go in that direction either. I think at number nine, if this is how the board shapes out, the strong consideration will be Derek Stingley. I think he had a really good pro day at LSU, especially given that he's only just recovered from injury. He's a former elite recruit. He's got that blue chip potential. Ed Orgeron can give Pete Carroll all of the information that he needs. And I think one of the underrated things with Derek Stingley is that he looks big. People don't realize how big he is. He's got the body of a welterweight boxer. He's a tremendous athlete. Uh, I was speaking to a really great source yesterday who has studied him very closely and has got a lot of inside information. And he said that Derek Stingley has no character concerns and he is wired perfectly. Uh, that same source said that he's the number one quarterback in the draft and he didn't think he was particularly close. He does think that Source Gardner is going to go first amongst the cornerbacks, but he thinks that Derek Stingley is the better player. And it's a chance to get, you know, a proper blue chip player with serious potential to be one of the best players in the NFL at his position. So that is what is, I think will be a strong consideration for the Seahawks. The other things that they've got to think about, though, how serious is that Liz Frank injury? And the Seahawks just haven't taken quarterbacks early. We, they know that they're changing the scheme slightly. They're going to more three, four concepts. But, you know, they're going to concepts that will require them to take a cornerback this early. That's the big question. If they don't want to do that, they will have trade-down options, I believe. With the Jets at number 10 doing the Seahawks a huge favour. The Jets could go receiver. The Jets could go offensive tackle. The Ravens want a tackle and the Chargers want a tackle. So they could move up to number nine. The Saints and the Eagles presumably want a receiver. So they could also trade up to number nine. Let's say that the Ravens move up to number nine and Seattle moves down to number 14. That could net the Seahawks a day two pick, an extra one, and the Ravens could go up and get, let's say, Trevor Penning. That would put the Seahawks still in a position potentially to draft Derek Stingley because I think the Jets are more likely to go O-line or receiver. The Washington Commanders, their trendy pick in mock drafts is Kyle Hamilton, the safety at Notre Dame. Minnesota, according to Tony Paulina, are more likely to move down and take Trent McDuffie than they are to take Derek Stingley. That's the talk from Tony. Uh, so maybe the Chargers move up from 17 and take Charles Cross to fill their right tackle need. So that would mean only Houston in the way of the Seahawks from taking Derek Stingley at 14 instead of nine. And I've just got a feeling the Texans are going to really like Jordan Davis and plug him in right at the heart of their defense. So Stingley could still be there at number 14. I don't think he'd last much longer than that but he could still be there after a small move down. 
Who are some of the other names maybe to consider if the Seahawks trade down? One player that I've kind of written off completely as an option for the Seahawks, and that was probably a mistake with hindsight, is Devin Lloyd. He's a self-made star. He's an alpha. He's got massive game-changing production. He ran a 1.5 10-yard split at the Combine, and he has 33 in charms. He is a great leader and tone setter on defense. Now, I don't really want the Seahawks to take a linebacker first in a draft two years removed from Jordan Brooks being their top pick, a few years removed from paying Bobby Wagner an absolute fortune. The reason why Lloyd could be an option for them is the way that he rushes the passer off the edge, which is unlike anything I've seen from any other linebacker, apart from Micah Parsons. And it is well-established that the NFL is a copycat league. Will the Seahawks look at what Parsons does in Dallas and think, we'll have some of that? Because he does a tremendous job rushing off the edge. His dip, his lean, his bend around the arc is better than a lot of pass rushes in this class. So could they put him next to Jordan Brooks on first and second down, and then on third down and obviously passing downs, move him outside and disguise what they're going to do with him? Is he going to drop? Is he going to rush? It's something to contemplate. And he is such a leader and such an impactful player that they may feel he can come in and start right away. He's 24 years old, or he's going to be 24 years old in his rookie season. That's not ideal, but it also means that he's mature, he's got experience, and he could be ready to make an impact in the NFL. Another name to consider. Source I've been speaking to this week said that George Karlaftis is basically Aiden Hutchinson just available much later in round one. And when you actually look at it, they've got the same pass rush win percentage of 25.4%. It's exactly the same. They've also got the same strengths and the same weaknesses. They're power rushers. They love the game. They play with a lot of effort and intensity. Yet they both lack length and twitch. They're not speed rushers. They're not long players. Kolaftis did measure at his pro day with 33-inch arms sort of removing that little knock from him that he was sub-33 inches. I'm not sure that he's the type of player the Seahawks really want as a pass rusher. They like those long, lean bodies. We've seen that. Think Daryl Taylor, Bruce Irvin, for example. But it's something to consider. It's an option, let's say. And then there's Zion Johnson, who has everything physically, 34-inch arms, a proportionate frame. He is the ninth most explosive lineman to enter the league since 2016. He ran a 4-4 short shuttle. There are no physical flaws. Pete Carroll spoke last week about potentially Gabe Jackson being in a competition with Phil Haynes. That, to me, suggested that Carroll is ready to move on from Jackson, who had a disappointing first year in Seattle, and maybe he will plug in Zion Johnson to replace him. So there are some names to consider if they perhaps do move down. But I still think with Carroll and with Schneider that they will want somebody who can be great. They don't pick this high very often. Stingley will give them a chance to draft a great player. So we'll see what they do. If they do move down, it perhaps increases the chances that they will then move up from 40. We've seen them do similar things in the past. They traded up for Jaron Reed. They traded up for DK Metcalf. They traded up for Daryl Taylor. All three of those trades worked. 
I don't think they will trade up for a quarterback because I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback early this year. I think they maybe want people to think that, but I don't think they will. I don't see them throwing a lot in with Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter, for example, at the end of the first round. And I don't think any quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10. We don't need to get into that again. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a media creation. I think the player that they could move up for at the end of the first round is Tyler Linderbaum. Again, listen to what Carol was saying last week. Waxing lyrical about Austin Blythe and we want to try a smaller centre and his wrestling background is really good. And this is the direction we want to go with this scheme. Well, Tyler Linderbaum has almost exactly the same frame as Austin Blythe. He has a terrific wrestling background. He was a great wrestler in high school. It's just something to consider. And if they do take an impact defensive player with their first pick, which I think is what they'd ideally do, then they can maybe get an impact offensive player by trading up and getting Tyler Linderbaum. Tony Pauline suggested he could fall into round two not so long ago. Regardless, they could either move into the end of the first round to get him, or they could trade up a few spots from 40 into the 30s to go and get Linderbaum. I think he could be a big target for the Seahawks. And if they take a cornerback or Devin Lloyd with their first pick and then take Linderbaum with their second, they're going to need a pass rusher with their third pick. I'm not sure about Sam Williams' legal situation from his time at Ole Miss. It's something the Seahawks would have to look at, at and study. But he's got the look of a Seahawks rusher. He had a fantastic 10-yard split. Apparently, a recent report suggested it was as low as a 1.52 or a 1.53, which is amazing at his size. He did run a 4.4 at the combine. If he's still there when they're on the board in round two, he is perhaps the most Seahawky. I hate that word. It's the best way to describe this situation. He is the most Seahawky of the pass rushes that might be available in round two. And frankly, I wouldn't hate that. A Stingley or a Lloyd, let's say, with their first pick, Linderbaum with their second, and Sam Williams with their third. I could live with that. You can at least see what they're trying to do. Let's imagine it's Williams and Lloyd, for example. Your front seven immediately is upgraded. If it's Williams and Stingley, you've got a great potential cornerback and a great potential pass rusher. And then an offense, a proper center for the first time in a long time. Another player just to keep an eye on as well is Logan Hall at Houston. He's their type in terms of size and his 4-4 short shuttle is right in their ballpark. He could be an option as someone who works in a, at a 3-4 end and competes for time with Quinton Jefferson. In round three, I think it's very, very likely they'll consider Damian Pierce the Florida running back. He is everything they look for. He's explosive. He's got great size, the size they like. Yards after contact galore. He has the same kind of spirit and intensity as Thomas Rawls. I think they'll be very, very interested in Damian Pierce. And if you move down in the first round and acquire an extra pick, say in round three, maybe this is where you take a project right tackle. A Rashid Walker, for example, could be a good fit. There are lots of combinations, lots of options for the Seahawks. That is what makes this draft so intriguing, so appealing, and so exciting. Some final points. Shelby Harris is an underrated addition. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to him for the podcast this week and came away thinking he could be a Red Bryant-level leader. 
Noah Fant too could be a terrific pickup. The tight end draft class promised a lot this year, but hasn't delivered during this draft process. So instead of hoping for the best in the draft class or spending a lot of money in free agency, the Seahawks claimed a former top 20 pick with a lot to prove. I think those two moves as part of this Russell Wilson trade could prove to be inspired decisions. So what happens next for the Seahawks before the draft? Having originally felt last week it was trending one way with DK Metcalf that he was probably going to be dealt, this week it feels like the other side of the story has emerged. Increasingly, it feels as if he will stay, or at least that's the message the Seahawks want to be out there. I still think this could go either way. If someone offers an amazing trade between now and the draft, I think he will go. And if Garrett Wilson's going to go at number eight to Atlanta, and if the Jets are going to take a receiver, say, Jamison Williams at 10, then maybe another team, whether it's Green Bay, whether it's Philadelphia or New Orleans, maybe they'll step up to the plate and offer a huge haul. If that doesn't happen, I think he will stay. And then after the draft, a contract will be worked out. That would be my prediction. I don't think the Silks will take a quarterback in this draft, as I mentioned which means that when it gets to day three, either they will come to some agreement with Cleveland for Baker Mayfield to throw him into the competition. Maybe they trade for him after the draft. Maybe he's cut by the Browns and they sign him as a free agent. Or they may just draft someone on day three. I think they will add at least one more quarterback plus Geno Smith. But I don't think it's going to be a high draft pick. I also think we will see Dwayne Brown return but having gone this far, he may as well see what his situation is after the draft. If a team misses out on an offensive lineman, maybe they'll find a bit of money behind the couch to throw his way. For the Seahawks, it also helps them that people think they're going to take a left tackle with their top pick because there's a huge void there where maybe their full intention is to re-sign Dwayne Brown after the draft. Thanks for listening to The Rebuild with me, Rob Staten. Until next time, bye for now.